Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time, it's time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines, joined as always by Randy Peterson after a one-week hiatus from our show as I was on vacation last week. No show next week to just take care of a little bit of housekeeping with the 4th of July holiday. Oh, yeah. But you're lucky enough to have the two of us now. We'll be joined here in a little bit to talk the continuing red-hot recruiting of the Iowa State football team by the registers Alyssa Hurdle. But we're going to start, Randy, talking about the succession plan in the Big 12, atop the Big 12, with the league reportedly coming close or narrowing in on, aiming, whatever euphemism you want to come towards. But it seems likely the Big 12 will hire Brett Yormark of Rock Nation, Diamonds in the Sky, Randy, oh, okay, as its next <laughs> Big 12 commissioner to replace Bob Bowlesby. Yormark, Yormark I'm going to learn how to say that here before too long, the COO of Rock Nation, which is a representation company agency spearheaded by the one and only Hova, Jay-Z, as I'm sure I heard you playing a deep cut I was of, of Jay-Z's as you drove up to the it. station today. The ba- <laughs> the baseline was impressive from your car, I got to say. That was that was good. It was Ooh. Alyssa because she was like, give her a ref from the, oh, yeah. from the office. She's the Alyssa big Rock Nation the, fan. That had the, yeah, that had the, the stereo going, so yeah. Let me just read a little bit of okay. your Mark's bio, courtesy of Sports Illustrated, who's Ross Dellinger and Pat Forty broke the news late last night. Your Mark has spent the last three years at Rock Nation, originally as co-COO. He's worked with artists, athletes, leagues, teams, and brands, overseas sponsorship, licensing, content, brand strategies, the whole deal across music, sports. Guy has navigated a lot of talent, a lot of big money deals has a little bit of co- or has a little bit of sports background but obviously this is more akin to the Pac-12 going out and hiring the MGM executive last year than it is even the Big 10 hiring Kevin Warren out of the NFL 2 years ago Randy, your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know. Is it unconventional at this point? Is it unorthodox? I guess give me your opinion. Yeah, it's still unorthodox for the for the Big Twelve. It's not traditional. Let's just go there. Yes, um, but it's it's as we've as we've seen with with the Big Ten and the and the Pac twelve, it is a sign of the changing times. And I talked to an administrator this morning, who we were talking, and and this administrator said administrator outside the state of Iowa. This administrator was saying to me, is this the direction that the NCAA is going in replacing Mark Emmert? Is, is this, is this that direction out of the box? Like, like higher, you know, it's very interesting. My initial reaction on the new big 12, um, commissioner, which I assume Dellinger and, and 40 are right. Um, my initial reaction was interesting, obviously. And then, and then I, I, I never once, never once did I say, well, this is, this is a bad, this is going to be bad. This is going to work out bad. Never once did I say that because, and this is even before I talked to who I talked to this morning, because, um, this is, this is the direction we're going in sports. We're going away 
we're, we're going right now towards it's all the money you can make. You need to make all the money you can make. The more money you you get, more money from from conference payouts than you do the NCAA. You, the the which the TV revenue is 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 very significant in that. Out of the box ways to also generate money for conferences is the way you're going to go right now. You you have to go right now. And I asked who I you know and I asked. I said, what's the primary job today? of a conference commissioner without any hesitation. He said to raise money, very similar to the prime job of an athletic director. You've got search committees that hire coaches to raise money. Um, to raise revenue. Like, to raise, a, to raise uh, yeah, revenue, yeah, yes, to AD, generate revenue. An AD is getting donations. To generate a, revenue, a yes. league commissioner is generating revenue. Generating revenue, revenue. Yeah. yes, yes, exactly. That's, that's what I meant yeah. by that. So... Um, Heaven forbid the the Big Twelve get into another situation, which would be the third in twenty years. I don't know for sure. A situation where they're going to have to do massive realignment because I don't know what the new if an, if a traditional if if a non traditional commissioner could sit in the boardroom and 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 roll up sleeves and and check ego at the door and and uh, and negotiate uh, it you know and and try to to keep a, a conference together. I don't know if, if that could happen because it's 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 obvious that these new commissioners coming in from the outside outside um, um, higher education do not have have um, the deep roots that commissioners that they're replacing had, and that hopefully that doesn't become significant in the Big Twelve because Lord knows we've seen how many reorganizations in the Big Twelve and how many times have people said the Big Twelve is is dying. The Big Twelve is is um, Going by the wayside, the demise of the Big Twelve. I, re- I remember seeing a headlines headline somewhere, but Bolsby had the, had the chops. He had the he had the connections within within the um, sports world of, of college sports to keep the to keep the conference going. Hopefully, if that happens, if in fact that happens, among the plethora of other changes that are that are going on out now, that are going on right now, maybe a new a fresh set of eyes is good. I don't know. I mean, I think there's so many different ways to approach this potential hire, what it says about the Big 12, what it says about college sports, what it says about entertainment, what it says about professional sports. I think there's a whole lot of different ways you can go about it. And I think, you know, to your point, to talk about Bob Bowlesby, a guy that had spent, what, 40 years in college athletics, 50 years, yes, was a, you know, one of the AD at one of the most prestigious schools in the world. Stanford, I'm talking about, not Iowa. Say, I was going to set you clear there, but yeah. <laughs> and, but your point, okay, so he's got all these connections, which, you know, still not good enough to keep Oklahoma and Texas around and getting completely blindsided. So I guess what is the value but of that? But everybody in the Big 12 got blindsided too, dude. I'm just so saying. Not, I'm just saying. That's not, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I know he's, I know he's keep, an Iowan and he'll defend him. Good enough to keep the conference together. Without a doubt. Good enough to keep it together. But I so. think, so I guess let's, I want to talk about this again from a lot of different angles, yeah. but let's start with what it means specifically for the league. And I think what Bowlesby did do was stabilize the league. When you bring in those four teams after the departure of Texas and Oklahoma, or the impending departure of Texas and Oklahoma, the league has value. It has the best level, I think, of stability you could have asked for. And I think it has, you know, an immediate, uh, uh, a medium-term future at least that looks lucrative and prosperous for its universities. But this guy's biggest t- 
task is going to be that first TV deal. What do you negotiate? What's it look like? And like, how big is it? And then how does it set up that next TV deal? Because that's everything is, you know, if they get a bad TV deal, not in terms of money, but in terms of windows and exposures and channels, it's going to make them look worse maybe than they are when they go to get that next TV deal in 10 years down the line. And I think that is, again, you're always playing that game in college athletics in 10-year increments, but the first and foremost priority for Brett Yormark is going to be securing a lucrative, attractive television deal, and my guess is that will include at least a dis- significant discussions with the streamers. Whether or not they are ready to jump into that game and at what level, we don't know. I mean, we've seen Amazon and Apple really more than dip their toes in it now. Like, they're in it. Netflix has not yet. You know, do we see Apple or Amazon get more involved there? Or does, you know, what is ESPN Plus? How do they fall into this, especially Ah. with Disney Plus? You know, what does Paramount, does NBC, does Peacock? Peacock. Like, that's all. I mean, these are all unknowns, and we're not the first people to talk about it. But I think that is this person's first priority. And I think the, the second thing that is interesting, and this is maybe a little bit more big picture, is that a lot of his background is with talent, is with branding, which is obviously ties into the NIL world that we live into, which to me, with what we saw with the Supreme Court decision earlier this year, is that these conference commissioners, given the decentralized nature that that decision basically forced on the NCAA, where conferences are going to be making a lot of their own rules, these guys are basically mini NCAA commissioners because they're going to have to set the guidelines and parameters of what the rules are on the on the new frontier of college sports. My guess is eventually they're all just playing copycat and going to the furthest extreme that anyone, the SEC, is willing to go to, but that's still going to have to be where they get their constituency in the Big 12 case of 12 teams to come to a decision about what fair play is in this new world. And that probably not going to be easy. It's going to be complicated. And you're going to have lawyers breathing down your neck for a misstep where if it feels like there is some level of unfair play, collusion, whatever you want to look at, obviously the NCAA is the one that has their, the target on their back, but it wouldn't shock me if that changes to uh, conferences if the rules start to be more restrictive as we go forward. So that's a lot there, Randy. I think, I guess, big picture, I think this is a interesting hire. I don't think you can predict great success or great failure. I think he's got an interesting resume that meets the moment. It is interesting to hear, it will be interesting to hear from the ADs and the presidents because we did hear for a long time that they wanted a traditional hire. So was that misdirection, or did this Brett Yormark sway them? Did their consultants sway them? Did they, you know, read the tea leaves a little bit differently, or did the winds change directions? Because we heard from a lot of ads about how we need somebody in college athletics with that background, and this is obviously not in that direction. I'm not certain that the final three, the, the three people that were interviewed yesterday, that I'm not. I don't. I don't. I've heard that none of them were from within the ranks of higher education, which to me was very interesting. Um, which again, like not to interrupt, but yeah. doesn't that show you like this is the? Perf- I think we would both agree that these have been professional sports to the large degree for a long time. 
But now that you're not hiring a guy like Bob Bowlesby, who really had a traditional, high-minded view of college athletics, a holistic view of college athletics, you know, whether it's the football or rowing or fencing or whatever, I, you know, I think Bob Bowlesby, all that stuff mattered to him. Higher education mattered to him to whatever degree you want to shrug that off and say, yeah, well, he still went after the TV money. I think that's fair. But I do think he had that in mind. Is the COO of Rock Nation going to give a uh, good gosh darn about rowing or fencing or track and field? Or is this about going and getting the most money and potentially you know, policing how much NIL money your athletes can get? Which, again, that sounds a lot like a professional commissioner of a – the NBA or the MLB or the NHL. Which is what essentially you're getting. You're getting somebody who 15 years worked for the Nets. Um, And during, while working for the Nets or while working for the NBA and while working for in a, in a professional. He worked um, not for the Nets, right? For the company that ran Barclays center that saw the Nets come from New Jersey into Brooklyn. Yes. Yes. And oversaw the move um, from Jersey to, to Brooklyn. Yes. Another um, Rock Nation stronghold, Brooklyn. Okay, just shout out to BFG. Travis is doing his diamond in the in the diamonds overheaded in the sky. diamonds in the <laughs> sky again. I was going to say diamonds in the rough. Um, the rough sky, if it is. But I'm going to uh, have to airdrop you some music after this, Randy. You make it sound like I'm a I'm an idiot here, but that's okay. Well, no, can, can no, no name, I can't can answer that question. One Jay Z song. I can't answer that question. I knew that was coming. <laughs> not but an it, idiot, just you know, not informed about the uh, focused the, the on hip hop. Focused on other things. But anyway, the fact that he's coming from some sort of a professional um, background. There's there. And I think I don't think any of us can argue that the NFL, the NBA, whatever, Major League Baseball, they've done wonderful jobs finding revenue streams, non-conventional revenue streams outside of outside of TV money. And that's what that's what's going to have to happen in not only the Big 12, but but conference sports throughout. So you think this is not about TV? Like the more important no. part is not TV money. No, it's TV oh. money. Oh, okay. without question, it's TV money. But there's going to be there's going to have secondary. They're going to have to be secondary yeah. stream gotcha. revenue streams out there. That that not TV money. Yes, there's going to be because like you said, you brought up all the different streamings, and it's going to be. I'm guessing it ends up being buffet like. It's going to be pay per view. You click. You watch what you. Figure out what talking football now. You figure out what football you're going to watch on Saturday, and you go through on Friday afternoon or Friday night and click what you want, pay for what you want. I'm guessing that's the way it happens. Eventually, I don't have any idea. I don't think so. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think like that would be good for consumers, but I think what people will, the TV or streamers will, like, aren't you more likely to pay fifty dollars a month and have everything? Or are you likely to buy 50 99 cent football games over the course of a month? Buy 50 99 football games over the course of yeah. a month. What 99 the, cent football What is the game. average person going to do? Like, but what if, what but would if, your daughters do? So if you buy, or, if you buy NBC, are you going to get Notre Dame as of now? Yeah, but not if you have ESPN Plus or if you have, like, remember cable? People still have that. People still have Mediacom and Charter and Xfinity. Really? So I'm, yeah. <laughs> Those still exist. I know you're a cord cutter. See, you're on the, the cutting edge there, Randy. I wouldn't dare make fun I of you. I'm a cord cutter. I'm a big-time cord cutter. So yeah. my point is I think people, like if they see a $50 a month bill where it's just, and I'm making up that number. For obviously, one network. Not if you get cable. Well, no. I Okay. But also like if, if you're doing a la carte, who are you doing that through? Are you doing that through 
like you have to have a platform to order those a la carte. Is that Amazon, which you have to pay one hundred and twenty five a year dollars a year for Prime? Is it for Apple TV, which is fifteen bucks a month? So you're saying you can't just go through and 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 there's a you need you would need a platform, and are you paying per month for that platform? And then are you going to go and spend ninety nine cents on each of these games that you have a passing interest in? And is it going to be ninety nine cents, or is it going to be twelve dollars? And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're only going to pay a a small amount just for the access to the platform, and then your price would go up by a la carte, you're probably my guess would be a la carte. You're spending less. Than you'd be willing to for the whole kid and caboodle for a higher monthly price, and my guess is is that that's why we don't get a la carte. That's why we haven't had a la carte for you know the entire history of cable television. We're way ahead of ourselves here, but 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 that's I mean part we, of the, we that's live on the cutting the edge. Randy. No, I know you. I know yeah, that. we're and always that, out ahead of the curve here on the cyclone <laughs> insider hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and fourteen. We're operational KXNO. visionaries. Not only you know like a commissioner in the past had to be. Had to be operational. Now the op- now he has to he or she has to perform this operation with a vision, and and the vision now is is trying to foresee what college. I'm going to say football because that's the that's the money driver. money money. Yeah, that's the driver. What it's going to be like in ten years? What the viewing habits of of eighteen year olds today are going to be in ten years down the road? They're not they're not doing this for for you or me or Alyssa. They're doing this for the for the the you know they're trying to see what the eighteen year olds are going to be watching and down the road. Um, it's it's a it's a whole changing um, world out there, and you know, and we haven't even talked about name, image, and likeness yet. And 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 you know how the new commissioner, how the con- are the conferences going to have rules for name, image, and likeness? Are the conferences going to have rules for for transfer portal, or are the conferences going to preclude going to going to finally make it illegal for boosters or, or Find other ways for boosters to lure um, student athletes to colleges, which they're not supposed to be doing now, but yet they do. I think we should talk about that when we come back on the Cyclone Insider <laughs> Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and Speaking 1460 <laughs> KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson. We're talking new or expected new Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. If you missed the initial segment of our discussion about the Rock Nation COO, then uh, be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcast. But Randy, we're going to continue this discussion before we bring on Alyssa Hurdle here a little bit later in the show to talk Iowa State football recruiting. I guess uh, to big picture it or to bottom line it, is Brett Yormark the guy to meet the moment for the Big 12 with everything you were mentioning before we went to break about the TV, about the streaming, and about NIL with the backdrop of an NCAA that is – been relegated to background in terms of litigating and legislating and adjudicating the sport. Yes. Couldn't come up with another L word there. I tried. I know. But. <clears throat> you did good. Yes, I, I believe he is. And that's not anything against Bob Bowles because, as you know, I, 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 I think the world of Bob Bowles been, and the way he's kept the conference together. Um, but like I said earlier, I think we're in changing times right now. I think that this is a good hire. I I didn't realize how old how old the new commi- the 
perceived to be new new commissioner is. I thought he was younger. Um, he's fifty five, which which that's all well and good. Um, it's 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 also a matter of though how the people you hire around you. Um, he's going to have to have somebody that's going to that's going to help with TV contracts, for example. He's going to have to have somebody who I I, I wonder two years ago did 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 he know anything about transfer portal does he know anything about transfer portal now for example scholarship limits um, um name image and likeness this is all stuff that conferences are going to have to be deciding on their own because i'm still thinking that conferences are going to break away i i'm, I'm still thinking that um, and like you wrote a while back what did you do it's going to they're going to break away 30 the top 30 are going to break away something along those lines um, I quoted a, a sports economist, yeah. I think, saying that it's not coincidental that most American pro leagues have between, I think, what, 28 and 32 mm -hmm. teams. Then that model would would probably make sense to some degree business-wise for college athletics. And so there's no the, reason to believe – there's a reason to believe that is the optimal amount of teams to maximize yeah, And revenue. that's where this could be headed in, like I said, in 10 years. Um, so – yeah, I th I think it was I think hiring somebody of this ilk is good is good for the Big 12. Um I'm not I'm not saying it worked out 100% yet for the Big 10 or the Pac 12. But certainly it's worked out better I think than than people probably expected. But it's just a matter of who you hire around you and the fact that um um Yarmark however you say it, is coming from Rock Nation. Go ahead, do it. Caw! Um, <laughs> it's like like Croto the Caw. Um, um, <laughs> I'm just going to let that one go. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but um, I, I can imagine, I can envision, I can visualize the Big Ten football championship um, day or day before. And at some point during the Big 12 basketball championship, Becoming a lot more fan friendly than what it is now. Have a rock concert, something along those along those lines, um, which obviously hasn't hasn't happened. We've, um, but with his but with his background, with Jay Z and Beyonce, um, I could I can envision something something along something along those lines. And and I know you don't watch it, and I guarantee you you don't watch it, Alyssa. But NASCAR has gone to that. Um, the other night at, at uh, or maybe it's coming up. I don't know for sure when it is. Out at the Iowa Speedway in Newton, they're having a country western concert with people I've even heard of. So um, it's in conjunction with a race. So maybe that's the way, we're, the way we're headed. And if that's the situation, certainly Yarmark would have the connections to, to pull something like that off. Okay, well, here, let me, let me run this thought by uh, talking about those connections. They're less intriguing to me about is there a uh, Rock Nation show before the Big 12 championship in Kansas City because that'd probably be a country show, right? A Rock Nation show, would that be country? <laughs> no, I'm saying I was going to say. Have a, but as we move into the NIL era here, and I think – Everyone in this room, and I think a lot of people, smart people in this industry, think we're eventually moving to a world with even fewer rules in terms right. of player compensation, in terms of schools being 
involved in that compensation, if not responsible for that compensation, does hiring someone from a talent agency whose entire reason for existence is to match talent with brands and Mm -hmm. opportunity, do we move into a world where schools or conferences don't necessarily have players on the payroll that, you know, where they get direct deposits every two weeks? But do we move into a world where the Big 12 or the SEC or whoever that you want to talk about becomes a talent agency, where they become CAA, where they become Rock Nation, where they are meeting or putting together athletes with brands and taking a 13% cut of that. On top of their TV deals, on top of their streaming deals, could that be a direction that this goes? I have no idea. I literally just thought about it in the moment, so this is just reckless speculation. But is there a day where that could be that these leagues are talent agencies as opposed to conferences that administer track and field and cross country and rowing and field hockey and all that. I'm going to say both. Um, yeah, they can have multiple arms. Things can be more that's, than one thing. Exactly, that's exactly what yeah. it wrote down there. Have an arm, have an arm of the big 12 that this will take some major rule changing, but I, like I said, they're going to separate anyway. Um, rules are for the week. Let's go. We'll just, rules are for the week. They're going to just let me, make let all me, new rules. Let me think about that one for a while. <laughs> Um, and, just ask Kyrie Irving. You, you said know? who with a, who's normal people uh, keep daughter, the world going. How old your daughter? Normal people keep the <laughs> okay. world going. It Wait takes till your daughter gets older. Kyrie you Irving's in the world. Um, I, I, it would not surprise me then with this if, if the Big Twelve would have an arm. Rules would have to change. Let's assume that's happened. The big an arm of the Big Twelve would be involved with helping student athletes with, like to use your words, matching their talents with opportunities. That's another word for name, image, and likeness. Uh, because, because, because the new commissioner is so. It comes from the entertainment agency. He's got connections in that in that realm. He could have a wing, like I said, an arm or a wing of the Big Twelve. Would that not help bring student athletes to schools in the Big Twelve? Well, how about this? Let's go even further. I'm way down the rabbit hole now. Okay, so let's say the Big Twelve sells a 20 game pa- football package to Netflix. But part of that package is that there is a hard knock style documentary with the Cincinnati football team. They get all access. They're behind the scenes, new show every Tuesday night at nine, or released at Tuesday night at 4 a.m. on Netflix. And players have to be compensated for yeah, being on that, yeah. that show. I mean, could we see that? Well, I mean, that, sure. I guess my question is if we get that far down the line, are the lawsuits even going to be more prevalent to where Why? to where you have to have some level of collective bargaining, some level of like actual one-to-one compensation? Because, I mean, that is an extreme level of professionalization. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a uh, COO of Rock Nation. I'm not an athletic director. But I do wonder, like, how far can you push the boundaries of non-compensation directly from the schools while going further and further down the compensation line or the revenue at all cost line. Obviously, we're pretty far down that path already, but I wonder how much further you can go before it's like, okay, unionization, collective bargaining, 
revenue sharing, direct payment from, I mean, maybe the schools don't pay. Maybe it's the leagues that instead of paying the schools $60 million a year for their TV revenue, you know, it's not Iowa State that pays Brock Purdy. It's the Big 12 that pays Brock Purdy from their TV deal. I don't know. I think there's a lot of different ways you could look at this. And I think, again, everything has got to be on the table when you're at this level of upheaval, of transformation in the college sports space. I mean, I think if you're not thinking big, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're any of these stakeholders or if you're, you know, schlubs like us that are trying to predict or navigate the the path ahead of what this might look like. That's why, that's what maybe why the big 12 appears to be going not just outside the box, but you're painting not even painting anywhere near inside the lines. Um, this hiring a guy that is the COO of rock nation is hiring Adam silver is hiring, uh, yeah. you know, any, you know, Gary Bettman, is he still the NHL commissioner or has he been booed out? Okay. He's still the NHL commissioner. All right. It's, it's hiring right. a professional commissioner, which is fine, but I guess be very interested to hear a number of the athletic directors and presidents within the Big 12 explain and talk about this hire. Because, again, it's fine, but let's just acknowledge it for what it is, which is hiring somebody to get the most money to the Big 12 and potentially navigate a new future in terms of school-athlete relationships. Which, going back to what was what we discussed at the very beginning, that's the, possibly the new definition of for a role of a of a conf- of a conference commissioner of today is to generate money is to which is fine but let's everybody let's all work with the same set of facts right is that another word for working with the same rules no i'm saying like if you're if you're a member if you're an administrator in the big 12 and you just made your league just made this hire let's not pretend that we are continuing oh, down correct. the professionalization oh, without question I don't think that sports. will fly. I, I, Let, let's just let's all get on the same page. When they introduce this guy on what is it, in two weeks in Dallas, that there that there'll be no concept of even any thought that of that. And I mean, I think you're underestimating the ability of, of college administrators to uh, keep stone faced in the face of. Uh, the then they're truth. underestimating the ability of us in the crowd to to not see. See through it, please. Know. You know that. You've been in that crowd before. <laughs> You're part of that crowd. Um, so don't say it. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm kind of excited for the concerts on, at, the, at the Big 12 Conference Basketball Tournaments in Kansas City and for the concerts at the um, Conference Football Championship. Yeah. Who do, who do you think who do you think they're gonna have? Well, I don't know, but I would I w- What's your dream lineup? You're gonna say Beach Boys, aren't you? No, well, I was gonna say <laughs> Queen, but that's probably out. <laughs> I don't like your odds on that one. Probably not. I don't know. It it's I'll be surprised. I mean again, But I mean they're gonna have to have somebody that, that's gonna that's gonna reverberate, you it, know. It's so interesting that they hired somebody from a talent agency because the deeper you look at representation of athletes or musicians or of talent in Hollywood, it is a endlessly fascinating industry that is incredibly opaque 
and hidden to the average person, fan, and to a large degree media. There's a lot of things that happen in the shadows there that bringing the, that in terms of talent agencies wielding an incredible amount of power and influence and to be bringing that in to the Big 12, into college sports at a time that we're at looking at complete transformation, when we're looking at a time where players are rep, have representation, is super fascinating, and I'll be very interested to see what this looks like. Does it look more like professional sports in terms of representation, where there's an advocacy component that I think is, is bigger, or is it something more akin to Hollywood, where it's packaging and matchmaking is the the order of the day. I don't know, but I, I think we're going to see this play out over the next two decades plus, and I have no clue which direction it goes, other than it will be uh, there'll be plenty of content as the uh, as we like to say in the industry. Hire good people around you, and and they can figure out how to reorganize conferences and make rules for name, image, and likeness, and etc. Well, it's about time you and I surrounded ourselves with good people around us as we'll welcome in Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register to talk Iowa State football recruiting when we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 and 1460 KXNO. If you missed any of the first two segments, Randy and I went deep and 360, really, I think, about the expected hire of the new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, of Rock Nation representation. But now we're going to shift gears from big picture to a little bit of more nuts and bolts of the college football experience as we welcome on Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register to talk some Iowa State football recruiting. Alyssa, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Two shows in a row for you. I know that you like just look forward to this so much and plan your whole week around joining Randy and I. So I appreciate you and your enthusiasm here for the radio show. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I'm going to interject here just for a second. Sorry, I almost hit you in the head with the, with the mic. Speaking of enthusiasm, Randy, <laughs> <laughs> you have the floor. I'm usually the first one in the office in the mornings. Okay. Seven-ish, whatever, 7.30-ish, whatever. I walked in this morning. Alyssa showed no respect. She was there before I was. So that's how exciting she is for this. You know, that's why uh, we pay the big bucks to prepare for this show. Alyssa, we had you on. We had you on two weeks ago to talk about what felt like a really hot run for the Iowa State football team. Turns out two weeks later, they remain or have gotten even more red hot. Tell us about what Matt Campbell and his staff have been up to over the last two weeks. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, the last time I was on, they were fresh off commitments from Kai Black, Jamison Patton, and Cooper Ebel, um, which were all three really big in-state pickups. Um, And I think getting those in-state wins is something that, you know, you don't want to take away from Iowa State. We talked about it then that, you know, it it puts them pretty high up in recruiting, at least in terms of Cyhawk battles. Um, What's happened in the past couple weeks is they've added four more commitments, and three of those kids are are out-of-state kids. And I think that shows that, you know, there's there's passion, there's love for Iowa State outside of just Iowa and Iowa State competition. Cyclone Nation, as they like to say. Yes. 
what I mean, tell us about the four kids. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Abu Samo the other day from Southeast Polk is a huge name with the in-state, but I guess give us a little thought on the other three, you know, and what they're going to bring to this uh, 2023 recruiting class. Yeah, so kind of the first one that kicked off the last two weeks was Brendan Black. Uh, he's an inside offensive lineman out of Florida. Uh, he committed just a few days after Jameson and Cooper did, so it wasn't too far removed. Um, but yeah, watching his film, I mean, he's got good size. He's got solid speed for, for his position. He's, you know, a bit of a bully in the best ways on the field. I mean, he makes it look easy just pushing guys over and looks like he spent a, a good chunk of this season in a cast and still is able to do that. So, you know, clearly he's got a lot of power that he's bringing to the field. And, and I think he has a lot of room to grow, which I don't think will be an issue, um, at Iowa state. And then, you know, I'm going to skip Carson Hansen for now because I, I was telling Randy earlier, I'm really, this kid looks good. Um, but we'll go into to Sean James. He's out of Oklahoma. He's a safety. Um, you know, he's a hard-hitting safety. He's got really good speed. You know, he he seems to be a player that can get in opponents' heads. Um, you know, he had a lot of interceptions. He, he blocked a kick. He, he's got sort of a skill set all over the field that I think is pretty translatable. And I think He's a player that might have flown a little under the radar just in terms of rankings and recruiting, and I think he's a good pickup for Iowa State. And, you know, focusing on the out-of-state kids before talking about Abu, you know, Carson Hansen, he's, he looks good. I mean, he was the Gatorade Minnesota Player of the Year, um, and for, for good reason. I mean, he, he had over 2,000 yards. He had 23 touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he's super shifty. They they seem to run this play where they run up, like they have three players lined up behind the quarterback and they almost always give it to him and he goes through center and, and somehow never gets tackled. Um, and he, he's got speed that beats defenders. And I mean, he just makes them look bad and he has great, <laughs> great field awareness. So I Is think, there anything better you can say about a football player than he makes other people look bad? Yeah. I feel like that's a high level compliment. There is just, I mean... His film stood out when I was watching it, and watching these kids play, it, it, it gets hard to stand out after a while because they all start to look the same. And nine minutes of this kid's film, I didn't, I didn't look away. So I think Iowa State got another steal in him. I think he was another one that I was telling Randy he's a three-star, and I don't think rankings always matter, but I was surprised based on his play that that's his ranking. So I think, I think Iowa, got a, uh, Iowa State got a steal in him. And the Southeast Polk kid. Yeah, that um, is a football factory over there on the east side of uh, Des Moines. Yeah, I think <laughs> Southeast Polk is going to be dangerous, even with Jackson Daly and, and X moving on. But yeah, Abu has he caught my eye obviously with football this year. Titus Christensen got injured and he kind of stepped up. Um, and I, I'll be interested to see how he performs at DB with with X gone. Um, but I mean, his, his film looks great. I mean, five ten. This kid can run super fast. He he can break away from defenders. And when defenders catch him, I mean, he's 5'10", he's 180 pounds, and no one can seem to tackle him. Um, so I don't know how he's figured that out. He's going to Iowa State, apparently, according to his commitment for football and track, and I, I think that's going to be- benefit him in, in both sports. But, you know, he's he's just a shifty player all over the field. And, you know, I've used the word steal how many times now, but I think the fact that Iowa State was able to convince him to, to go to them and not wait for more offers says a lot. Now I think what they're – in the top 25 nationally with the recruiting class in 2023 is what is the significance of that? I guess, cause we're not going to know for a few years, you know, how good any of these players are because it's going to take that long for them to, to mature into big 12 players. 
what I guess so what do what should we take away from that top 25 ranking what it does that say about either Iowa State's recruiting or just where they are you know in the national landscape I mean clearly they're competing with some of the best schools in the country in terms of putting together a recruiting class and I think that goes back a few years you look at what Matt Campbell you look at what Brock Purdy has built um, and they've built a program that kids want to come to um, and not just I don't want to say low-level kids but you know, high-level recruits that had other options. Um, and looking at this class, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, but it's it's coming together the way I think Matt Campbell, Iowa State, wants it to come together. Um, you might not be getting the biggest names, but y- you look at J.J. Cole and Jamison Patton, they already have a connection. Kai Black already has a connection with them. They play Abu all the time. Um, so you have a lot of local kids that, that are – already connected, already kind of know each other's games. And then you're bringing in out-of-staters that can clearly, you know, shift into these roles and, and fit in with these other players really well. Um, so I think they're just kind of, they're obviously performing well, and I think it, it, it's a good look for Iowa State down the road, too. The next question is the only question that ever matters. What's next? In this recruiting class? Yes. Yeah. Josh Manning. Um, I think, you know, he's he's a big target for them right now and I think if they get him that's huge I mean he's a four star you you add him to an already high level 2023 class and and that'll set Iowa State apart that'll improve their national ranking in the recruiting class which again I don't think matters that much but sure looks good to other recruits and and I think he's a kid that could could bring in some bigger names for them and what I guess as we look at to the continue to look at this at the big picture how much is this success fueling success that obviously like their individual recruitments of these players matter but you know I think as we talked a couple weeks ago that that JJ Cole commitment seemed to create a level of momentum that was able to build into further commitments is this thing snowballing I guess is what I'm I'm asking I think so because I think you know you look at these kids committing now they have plenty of time. They have technically until December if they wanted to commit. So the fact that they're deciding Iowa State is the place they want to be now and they're they're committing, they're not open to other offers, they're, they're not really considering anything else, yeah, it's definitely snowballing because, you know, Abu is one that I didn't expect to commit right away. So clearly Iowa State did something to, to rein him in. What do we make of, it does not seem unless it's going unreported or unnoticed that NIL does not seem to be a major component here for this success where you look around the country more so to basketball but certainly as we've seen you know burst into uh you know consciousness here over the last week of football where NIL matters what does it say that it seems to be not a non-factor for the most part for Iowa State right now yeah the kids that I've kind of brought NIL up with they they all talk about Matt Campbell and his dedication to the program and what he's built. Um, and I just, I don't think that, you know, if you're going to a program like Iowa State, like, yeah, obviously the SEC, you're going to have NIL as a big conversation. I think Iowa State, you have kids that, you have a lot of them that go there because they've wanted to play there since they were young. They want to play for a coach like Matt Campbell. Um, and if money is involved later, Sure, that's cool. I think any kid is going to want to make some extra money in college. I think we were all in that position, but I think you think they'll uh, ref intramural basketball games for like five twenty-five an hour? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's that was how I had my beer money, but mm. I think these guys might fare better. Yeah, they might get a, a little bit more yeah. money than that. But yeah, I think I think it speaks enough about what Matt Campbell has built, and more than anything, the type of players he's trying to bring into the program. 
Alyssa, thank you for your time once again. Appreciate you coming on. Anytime. She's Alyssa Hurdle. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KX. And now if you missed any of the show, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks.